Make Money Online. So this is a very important and special episode for us in Make Money Online. It is 69. Nice. I'm just holding back from laughing so hard. Uh, uh, do, you, do you want to hear a let, math let joke? Let it go. Mac? Math. Math joke. I mean, I was a math major, so I've heard a lot of math jokes. Excellent. Uh, what's 77 minus 8? 69. Hey-o. Hey-o. Yeah. Uh, what, 23 times 3? 23 is the Illuminati number. Did you really? I did yeah. not know that. It's like this huge conspiracy thing. And I just keep thinking that like that was a renunciation of possibility and they should have gone further and just multiplied it by three and then you get 69. <laughs> but then 69 becomes a secret number that we can never speak about. Um, I, I, but it, it's also the number that's everywhere, right? So like it's the number that in, like and, and it already is everywhere and people just say nice on the internet about it like I just did. This is, this is a real thing. 69 mm-hmm. is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consulting. Um, productized consulting. <laughs> we get to do whatever we want because it's the 69th episode. God help all of you when we're really old and have to do the 420th episode. <laughs> We could just start releasing weekly. We'll get to uh, 420, or not weekly, daily. We, we already can... release weekly. <laughs> daily, daily. I'm sorry. Kai, oh. what are you, where have you been? I like, who have I been don't recording know. with? This is episode two? This is ep- oh. <laughs> what did we do with Kai? So there's this thing we've been meaning to do where like, like people still, even though we don't really do guests, where there's still a thing where people constantly ask to be guests on our podcast and we've always thought that um we should record a podcast episode but the person who guests has to do it in character as me or kai and carry on like it's an actual podcast episode like we're hiring an actor and not an actual podcast guest um we've never done this they've all been us but uh well now that we've recorded 69 episodes kai there's a tremendous opportunity so if you want office at draft.nu email my assistant and she'll get in touch with you and uh send an audition reel uh and and you have to pick either auditioning as me or kai only one audition per person only one audition per person only one person per audition what do they want to bring in like an assist for a banter do they do they just like uh, uh, get an episode and trim out one of our voices and fill in. Yeah, it's or? like a, it's like a script reading. They just have somebody else deadpan, the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like that one documentary, La La Land. I never saw that. I, Fuck that movie. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. I heard good things about Kong. Really? No. But Samuel L. Jackson's in it, so. I have to oh, see it. That changes everything. <laughs> it really does. It really do- like. I'm very, very biased when it comes to movies. I will only see a movie in theaters if it has a 90 percent or higher on Rotten Tomatoes. I've tested the 89 percent threshold. Does not work. Not a good movie. Disapprove. But if it has really, semi- really, really. All right. That's. I mean, I guess there's got to be a threshold somewhere. It's just funny that it happens to be a round number, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's uh. A li- I'm sorry. Oh, no, you, you. There's a list on uh, Wikipedia of like everything that's got a 9 and above on Pitchfork. And you know that like Pitchfork understands the optics of when a review begins with a 9, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know that there's also an enormous barrier around like, have you ever seen a, an album reviewed at 9.9 on Pitchfork? No, no. You, you skip from like 9.7 to 10, right? Mm-hmm. So like understanding that but also like rotten tomatoes is different because it's algorithmically calculated off of many reviews and mm-hmm. pitchfork is one review right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah uh dun, 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 dun. rotten tomatoes i can't remember where i was going with that i mean we're just fucking around with everybody at the 69th episode of make money online because we've earned the right to do whatever we want we really have we anything we want 
That's what I, that's what happens when you get to 69. I there have, are no rules. Why aren't more people podcasting? Oh man, that's a great question. Well, what held me back from podcasting? Cause this is an interesting thing. Cause I waffled on podcasting mm-hmm. and I had like a couple ill-advised attempts at podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is the editing. And I solved that here by farming out the editing. Hi, Craig. We love you. Hey, applause to Craig. We should, Craig we should mention the company listen- name. Podcastmotor.com slash Craig. <laughs> dot HTM. Um, no, he's been uh, editing our shit for the past, oh God, year and a quarter now, which I'm so sorry that you have to listen to Kai this entire time. Um, but no, like I got an editor and, and I have an assistant that just does it for me. So really this is like a question of like, I shuffle some deck chairs on Trello, type some things into a computer blank, and then I talk for an hour and a half with Kai and then I drag a file, which is the recording with Kai into another folder and then a podcast happens. You ready? You ready to discover a huge level up in your whole podcasting workflow here? Oh no, and what? You could choose, so you create a session in Audio Hijack Pro for the recording, and a specific session can save to a specific folder. So no Kai. more, no Kai. more, no more needing to drag and drop. This changes everything. It really does. <laughs> I want you to fly here now so that you can set this up for me. <gasps> you click a thing, and then I'm- you. Change but the thing. problem is that I'm talking into this microphone while I'm petting my dog with two hands, <laughs> and I'm kind of leaning over, and his chin is on my leg, and I it's really cute, and I cannot, I cannot really excuse myself to to do this. <laughs> um, and my assistant is in New York, and in the absence of that, I just need, I need you to help me, Kai. I'm on my way. Oh, he moved. Wait, as we, I moved. Oh no, he moved. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. Okay, okay. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. We got through it together. You, me, Basil, and the audience. Um, Basil is the official editor of Make Money Online. Um, I thought that no, was uh, Craig. I, he is now. I fired Craig. It's Basil. Now. And this is how Craig finds out. <laughs> Craig, I got some horrible news for you. Remember ninety seconds ago when Nick praised you? Get out. (laughs) This was amazing. You made $400,000 for our business. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Those about pages have really been selling well. Have they? I don't think we've sold any since the year anniversary. $400,000, I thought. I have some questions uh, I, about our accounting practices. I have, a, I have a lot of questions about our Stripe account, which <laughs> is my Stripe account. <laughs> Holy wow. Um, yeah, that just goes deep. Um, no, I uh, I was actually thinking about redesign. This is a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. None, of, none Nothing else on this episode has been, aside from us praising Craig in podcastmotor.com. Slash Craig.htm. Um, I, uh, I was actually this morning and I didn't even realize this because I, we had the call, but I, I asked Aaron to get like all the photos off her camera so that we can find, we have a nice photo of us on the top of Victoria Peak together in Hong Kong. It's very, it's very sweet. Right. And, and that's not on our about page Mm -mm. that, and I promised lifetime updates on the about page. And that seems like the kind of thing, just having like a decent picture of the two of us to like put on the about page. And I think that, you know, I'm saying this right now so that I can force everyone to force me to stay accountable on this. Because <laughs> it's the exact kind of thing that I'm like, you know, I could look at a computer and do the about page thing, or I could do literally anything else. <laughs> oh, I sorted my, uh, it, my Dropbox folder. Uh, deck recently. chairs on the titanic man no, okay, so we dude a... dude i i found so much valuable stuff in there it was crazy did it you really was, oh yeah it... i've done that sometimes like i'll uh i'll go in my dropbox and then i'll find out that there's all this stuff in there that's like checklists and like sops for things that i should be releasing and i'll mm-hmm. find like four products that all look like a terrific idea that like 2013 nick d gave up on yep and now it's like extremely feasible for 2017 Nick D to like totally hammer out in like a week. 
That was I, draft analysis. Like I looked through all of my old shit and found draft analysis just at the bottom of a dusty <laughs> trunk. I literally found two complete ready for release video products, just like 60 minute long video courses on like how to accept money online as a consultant and like how to get great testimonials as a consultant that I recorded as one-offs for friends that asked questions. And then they just sat in Dropbox for the last year. And now I'm like, oh, these would probably help people. I should do something with them. So I move them to another Dropbox folder. And uh, we're seeing how that turns out. Deck chairs, man. I have a thing called <laughs> deck chair moves where like basically I, I even have a text file full of things that I've previously identified as deck chair moves. Like going, logging into Drip and looking at literally anything. <laughs> That's a deck chair move. Changing the font on my website is a deck chair move. Like, like changing the portrait on my website is a deck chair move, unless it's like horrendously out of date and doesn't look like me. But like, I haven't changed in physical appearance since I was like 17. So realistically, any changing of my portrait is a deck chair move. Basically anything where it's just like, puttering along, doing this thing, it's procrastinating and you're horrible and you need to not do that. Speaking of deck chair moves, uh, how's the backyard redesign going? I uh, theoretically <laughs> the backyard should be installed tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's been delayed so many like scientific notation number of times. And I have like five texts from my gardener that I've been texting with while recording this episode. I'm like you're sure you're coming tomorrow? She's like, I'm sure. I'm like, you have these plants. She's like, yeah, I'm sure. By the way, I want to replace all of the river rocks on the side of your garage. I'm like, we can do that. We can do that. You can scope creep this. <laughs> but you're coming tomorrow. <laughs> and you're doing it tomorrow. You have 24 hours. Go. See, now, there's an interesting lesson here that I think actually applies to consulting, and I'm so sorry to get this into uh, our 69th episode, Booyah. Uh, Some, like, actual valuable insights? Yes. Craig, cut this out. Please, just uh, cut it all out. Kai's uh, about to sneeze for 20 minutes. The bar is set so low in terms of what we tolerate from service providers, and I'm being inclusive of like your plumber, your gardener, your whatever, your consultant, your web designer, that you don't need to be A plus for people to be happy with you necessarily. All you need to do is show up. All you need to do is show up. Which is up. the thing my gardener hasn't done <laughs> since March. <laughs> my parents are five months now into getting the guy who installed their new stone front porch and then incorrectly varnished it so it turned white to actually show up and fix it. Uh, oh welcome to God. the wonderful world of owning a home. Okay, so... I found that getting homeowner contractors to do what you want is actually like you can borrow a lot of tactics from consulting negotiations, like offering an alternative, um, offering a choice of yeses, um, always thinking about the next question to be asking in the playbook and uh, not letting them get off the phone without giving you something approaching a confirmed date, that sort of thing. You know, like all of that shit, like all of the things that uh, like allow you to get a call on the books, following up a lot. Um, that's how I get my electrician to do things. Like I text him like 18 times in two days. Um, following up on the 10 a.m. text, it's 1130 and I'm about to go to lunch. I'm going to eat a sandwich. What are you going to eat? When are you coming and eating that here? <laughs> Do you still beat your wife? Like, I swear to God. Yup. And, and when I get email intros or text intros to people, because there's no such thing as like finding, it's all who you know in Chicago. So, the, and, and it's, you don't understand Chicago's social dynamics until you own a home and have to have work done on it. So when when I when I would need to figure out like say an electrician, right? I have an electrician now, but before that, I was like, well, okay, um, I need an electrician. I need him to do this, this, and this. I text two other homeowner friends and my realtor. The realtor gives me something crazy expensive that's only for the suburbs, and then my two friends are like, "You want Leroy?" 
and they send me a V card that just has the word Leroy <laughs> and a phone number. And I text, and I'm like, yo, Leroy, because of course his fucking name is Leroy. This is real. This is this is a thing. I'm like, I'm like, Leroy, you um it's Nick. I live in Logan Square at uh, you know, this at this intersection, and um I need this done. What's your availability look like in the next two days? And an hour and a half later, I'm like, hey, Leroy, just following up on my 10 a.m. text. How's it going? Next day, I'm like, hey, Leroy, my friend Bree referred me. Um, just wondering if you're interested in coming out and doing some work. Five hours later, how are you? And then Leroy replies, oh, it's busy. No shit, Leroy. You're an electrician. You want to you want to have a full consulting pipeline? Become an electrician. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh. Um, and and then and then I come over. I've literally written checks to people, just written first names in the two field. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Leroy Electric. I think I wrote like Leroy Electric or Cash. So that I, I live like three blocks, not three blocks, three houses from a ATM. Uh huh. And so I'm that ATM. <laughs> it has it has a four hundred dollar withdrawal limit, and let me tell you, they know when you put the same credit card in twice. Yup. <laughs> when I was running the uh, iPhone business in Hawaii, there was a. I mean, I was buying phones with cash. Nobody wants to take a check for their iPhone, so I was withdrawing a lot of cash and. I discovered what the upper limit on my debit card was. But then I discovered if you go to Safeway and you buy something that's under a dollar, let's say an Apple, you could get $200 cash back with that Apple purchase. So many a night, I find myself in the Safeway four blocks from my house, buying six apples in individual transactions at the self-service line just to get a large amount of cash. Mustn't you clean out the self-service like cash hopper? Like... (laughs) Like, that have you ever, never have happened? You ever? I have cleaned an ATM out before, and I was like, uh, so this sounds like a scam, but I withdrew 200 and it gave me 40. What should I do? And they were like, oh, okay, we're so sorry. Here's some cash. And I'm like, I'm just going to go inside now. Thank you. I worked for a Fortune 500 company once that I cannot name, but they are memory uh, issues. They- <laughs> so it's like the only NDA thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, get me drunk. That's it. Um, and uh, they they are the kind of company that would have a lot of cash in a machine somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that narrows it down. That narrows it down. Um, and uh, I found out what the like initial draw of cash is in the cash machine. Um, I'll say it was very interesting. Okay. It's the 69th episode. I'm not telling you how much cash That's or fine. what company this was. That's fine. Because that would involve insight. Valuable business value. insights. No. No. Not Bad. for you. Not not this time. If you're listening to this episode or this podcast. This is your first episode. I'm so fucking sorry. We really should start every episode by saying that. <laughs> Make money online. Listen, if this is your first episode, just you need a hug. I apologize in advance. Thank you. I always need a hug, Kai. I mean, that's why I always wear my free hugs t-shirt. Hint. I can't see you. No, no, I. This is disgusting. No. Ah! I brought a free hug sign to Burning Man and lost it in a windstorm within a day. Correct. <laughs> but while it may be matter out of place, and I am very, very sorry if it ended up, I think I saw somebody with the exact same sign, and it was one I had custom printed. So I think it found its way to somebody. In which case, I'm very happy that it flew out and hit some hippie in the head while they were at Burning Man, and then they free hugged people. Anyways, that's my Burning Man story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not the 69th anniversary of Burning Man this year, unfortunately. You'll be there for the 69th anniversary of Burning Man, though. Like, is it the 23rd anniversary of Burning Man? We're getting close on that. That's like the almost 69th, like a yearning 69th. Burning Man number of deaths. Not that one. I just Googled Burning Man history. Burningman.org timeline, 1986. Wow. So we're at 31. Yeah. It's the first man am. burns 
Why do they capitalize man? Why do they give you the height of the man? This is really stupid. Why is the handwriting font? <laughs> what, um, what page are you on? What website are you on? The 2015 Burning Man was um, 69 feet tall. Wow. It was. Uh, I can validate this. This is real, man. Yeah. Population 67,564, 67, which nearly rounds up to 69,000. It almost rounds up to, if you round it to the nearest 69,420, you get 69,420. <laughs> That's a math joke for you. Hey, uh, hey, check this. Uh, 70 foot tall man in 2016. 69 foot tall in 2015. What does 2017 hold for us? 71. Hopefully. Uh, 2014, 105 feet tall. So we've uh, lost the thread already. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad. I tell you what, the 2016 Burning Man, it was interesting. Uh, the man actually did not appear until I think Wednesday or Thursday. Like they had everything set up. It was a Da Vinci's Workshop theme. It was whatever the name of the thing is. I can't remember where it's uh, the man and inscribed inside of the circle. The man was set up that way. And uh, it was empty. There was no man up there for the first three and a half days of the festival. And it's kind of weird. It was so weird. We were just looking around and we we're like, is, isn't that supposed to be here by now? Where Where is that? Why is that not here yet? And I never heard what happened or why it was not there yet, but... Uh, it's stoners. They'll get to it. Eventually. Oh, man. Uh, they, they weren't able to do this because once they planted the entire infrastructure on the playa, it wasn't able to support it. But the whole idea was there was a winch down on the base and you could get four or five of your friends together and turn this gigantic wheel and the man would rotate. So randomly you just look and be like, the man's upside down. The man's at an angle. The man's right side up. The man's moving. What's going on? But the gear system broke when they tried to initially use it. So that was not actually achieved, sadly. It was a beautiful idea, though. Yeah. And then they burned Why? it. And then they burned it. And then they burned it. Why? 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 Why, Why is the burning... Uh, I don't know the literal answer. I want to say that hippies, uh, in 1986, the first man burns on a beach. They light it up and a curious crowd gathers to watch it burn. And so it begins. That is what the Burning Man timeline tells me. So apparently, uh, some people decided to burn some things. What have you gotten yourself into? I, I wake up every single morning and say that. And then I somehow find my way out of the blankets. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this putting the man on top of things and having it count as being that tall. Like it's not a 90 foot tall man if you put it on top of a 80 foot tall structure. Like I want a 100 foot tall. The, the 2014 was actually a 105 foot man. I want more of that. Yeah, it's a bit of a reach. Bit of a reach. Yeah. Really is. Really is. What, a, what um, other valuable information should we share with our loyal listeners on this, our 69th episode? Um, I've actually, this is real. Um, I've been recording this while my dog has been doing truly unmentionable things to himself right behind me. That's not different or odd. That's <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, but I've never really talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> like, my dog... So here's here's the real problem. Like um, Basil was neutered late in life. And so he has, um, I would call raging testosterone issues. <laughs> oh. um, and uh, I don't really know how to. Also, I had a girl dog growing up, so I've never really dealt with the whole like raucous inappropriateness bit. Like it's it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that I have a microphone such that you can't actually hear it. You know, that would be <laughs> that would be very bad. What uh, what 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 mic are you using? I use a Shure uh, Beta. I believe they call it a 87A. It is a super cardioid pickup. Ooh, it's a nice, nice mic. It's a nice mic. The mic is vastly more expensive than um, 
even the, the preamp or any of the other equipment that I have going into it. Mm -hmm. um, but the preamp is meant to play nice with this particular type of mic. It's supercardioid is basically a weird term for it has a narrow pickup pattern. So you have to talk directly into it. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to have good mic technique in order to do it. Yeah. Um, and I practiced it and I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Um, and then the benefit is that you can't hear what is presently occurring directly behind me and is actually very loud. Like <laughs> loud enough that if I put a microphone next to it, you would never listen to this podcast again. Oh gosh. Like we, after this episode, we don't need to do anything more to lose more listeners. He fell over important pup date. Um, <laughs> He fell over and is panting at nothing. I think he's just bored. I think I've been recording a podcast for so long that he just wants food and to walk. And like I've clearly deprived him of these two things. <laughs> he's really a lovely dog. Um, he's a dog. How are you making that conclusion based on this previous characterization? <laughs> like, really now? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm using a uh, different interpretation of lovely. He, uh, he's got a face only a mother can love, huh? Um, he's a cutie, mm -hmm. but uh, occasionally he noisily fellates himself in front of me on a client call. It's really disturbing. <laughs> With the video on or not? Oh, he's done it with the video on. I have to like strategically block the camera or like move him over with my foot so he's directly behind me. And he doesn't stop. Like, that's funny. That's the thing I was going to say. <laughs> like, I think this is one of those things where I have to just empathize with him. Like if I were in the position where I had the opportunity to do that, mm -hmm. it's like, um, what's the one, um, there was some experiment where like they wired up some marsupial to like the pleasure center of their brain and yeah. they hit a button and get, and, and it's like the infinite jest thing, right? Like you keep hitting away at the pleasure center thing and you ignore food or sex or water or other stimuli and you just die. Mm -hmm. that's it you just go and i think that's what basil does mm -hmm. um and i'm grateful if nothing else that i've put him in like a safe environment where he feels okay doing that <laughs> nick DeSabado's wayward house for lonely dogs dog one dog <laughs> basil will get a friend someday but not that day is not today <laughs> tomorrow hey hey this is the 69th episode i can talk about stupid bullshit did yeah. i tell you about um so i told you about this and i'm gonna tell everybody else about this i'm gonna tell you about the dog i saved uh, oh, yeah, two days yeah. ago. oh my god this is perfect for this so um i'm on i'm 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 biking and i'm crossing under 9094 which is the interstate of chicago it is the busiest street in the midwest Mm -hmm. um something like 10 million people go on it every day i think it's something crazy some Jesus. insane stupid high number stupid high number um and it goes right past downtown and all this um 1994 uh occasionally you hear of drunk people ending up on 1994 because you hear of them dying mm -hmm. it is an incredibly unsafe place <laughs> um i've heard of punk bikers biking in the emergency lane on 1994 um don't do that. And the off-ramps on 9094 are like a particularly bad part because um, people are still used to going 70 miles an hour and like jockeying for position and crowded traffic. Um, so like you're on ultra alert. Right. Um, now keep that in mind. Uh, so I'm, I'm passing on the off-ramp and the next building I see, oh God, it was like a Beagle Jack Russell mix. It was like a scruffy looking Beagle. I had a collar on, but no tags. Um, and he definitely looked like he was somebody's dog. And he had no leash. And he was just running around very scared in the middle of the street mm. on Belmont Avenue. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. The week before this, I had already stopped two lanes of traffic and saved a dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so I'm already, like, 
you know, pretty, pretty okay with trying to do this. And I stop Belmont on my bike and I go to like crouch down and very slowly. I'm like, come on, boy, come on, boy, come on, come on, come on. And dog bolts. Fuck. I lean my bike. Uh, Aaron is with me. I lean my bike against a building, let Aaron take care of it. And I go after the dog. The dog runs fast because it is a beagle mix. Um, and beagles are secretly very fast dogs. And he turns left and starts to go up the off-ramp for 1994. Oh. Take a deep breath, and I go after the beagle. There are cars going about 50 miles an hour down this off-ramp. Um, uh, the dog sits in the middle of the, the off-ramp and looks at me, and I'm like, Come on, boy. Come on. I take one step and the dog bolts up 1994. And he jumps over the side and he's up a hill and over this the barrier. And and I'm thinking, you know what? I can sit here and wait it out. Or I can recognize that probably like one of two things is gonna happen. The dog is already dead. Or um what's it? The I should probably leave and then the dog will recognize I'm in an unbelievably unsafe environment. I need to get back to the safe environment. I am pleased to report that the second thing happened. So I left, walked around the corner, waited for 30 seconds, walked back. Dog is back in the exact same spot in the middle of the off ramp and cars are starting to get off the off ramp. Car, dog is sitting there looking like a doofus. Other cars are honking at me. One car drives past the dog and stops and then a hand comes out the passenger window waving me over. Oh. I cut across two lanes of traffic on 9094, walk in front of this car and around the pass to the driver's side. The driver is holding the dog <laughs> who is standing on the side of the car with his like paws up on the side of the car, holding him by his collar and like, is this your dog? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do you know whose dog it is? I'm like, no. And they're like, can you take the dog? And we spend like 30 seconds very carefully handing off this squirming dog into my hands. And, and I'm comforting it while cars are driving around me. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and uh, I get the I, I And they're like, okay, well, thank you so much. And drive off. Oh my and I'm left in the middle of the off-ramp on 9094 <laughs> on Belmont Avenue <laughs> with a dog. Oh I walk gosh. over, I run over to the side and then start to come down. And then somebody looking panicked, total stranger, and holding an empty dog leash um, is at the bottom of the off-ramp. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Is the dog okay? Is this your dog? No. You have a leash. Oh, I actually parked my car. My dog is in my car and took the leash. Can we clip the dog? We clip the dog. Another car drives up who saw this entire thing unfold on the off ramp and is like, we're driving to Clyburn District right now. We can take him to the emergency vet. I'm like, are you sure? They're like, oh, yeah. Do you want any contact information to, to let you know about the, the state of the dog? I'm like, he's chipped. It'll be fine. I would rather not know what happened with the dog. Right. I would actually rather not know what happened with the dog. Since either the dog and, is reunited with its family or yep. Nick gets so a second I, dog. I put this dog in this. I and this other stranger put the dog in the, the stranger couple's car. They drive off. I hand the stranger her leash. She drives off and I am left alone on Belmont Avenue with my partner and my bike. Oh my gosh. Then I go to a show. Um, happy 69th episode of Make Money Online, everybody. We we finally fucking did it. We did it's, it. This is the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Duh. Bold claim there, uh, Mr. DeSabado. We I tell you. Top, we have to top it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I tell, you know what I'm counting down to? Episode 138. Oh, because it's twice 69. It's yeah. twice 69. Double the 69s. Do... That's a domain name I need to buy. <laughs> Assuming double your 69s dot football. 
<laughs> Man, exposed. I've spent a lot of long nights looking at Hover's uh, domain registration page and just like expressing combinations of confusion and delight at the weird ass TLDs I could buy. Like, oh my god, uh, it's if I want like make money online dot Democrat, it's available. Oh my God. I want to look at all domains. So let's just do, you know, I'm going to search for example for all domains, which uh -huh. obviously like there will be no options, but like it gives me a list of all of the top level domains. Um, example.cricket. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh -huh. uh, dot picks, P I C S. Um, yeah. Um, dot today. Dot network dot red dot cloud dot property dot foundation dot services um, dot consulting pretty on brand very good dot lawyer okay so when I went to Melbourne apparently there's a dot Melbourne do you know this and like all of the domains on all of the billboards and advertisements were whatever dot Melbourne. <laughs> it was so weird. And then I went to New York and the same fucking thing happened. I remember the first time I saw a non-standard TLD. And engineer. I engineer. That's fake. It was some, it was Dot like rich buckle. But I, I think they're a clothing store, like in malls. Uh, they yeah. were advertising their careers page as buckle.jobs. And I'm like, how, uh, how does this work? This doesn't Dot, make sense. I didn't Dot realize Dot jobs. That's a good one. That was forever. Do you get the domain forever? Example.gg is available, everybody. <laughs> they found one. Wait, so they good have game. dot photo, dot photography, dot love, dot photos, dot and gripe. <laughs> Hi, there's dot gripe. <laughs> we have to get all of them. Uh, that's why, this is why I own a hundred domains, Nick. It's, it's, it's a 12-step program. Just, the first step was biodomain. It, it did not work well. Dot fish? Does Dirk own dot fish? Dot now. Dot basil. Dot singles. Kai Davis dot singles. Hell yeah. Get it. <laughs> Ooh, dot university. It's, yeah. Somebody, there, there's too many TLDs. I'm, They're wrong. They're dot, not. Dot you know casino is $140? Ugh. I refuse to click on any domain that doesn't end in .com. How do you visit our website? I don't. How do you visit your website? I don't. I have a lot of questions. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. That was the end of your question. <laughs> .clothing? It just keeps going. No! .quebec? That's not a real word. Yeah, there were a lot of Doc Quebecs in uh, Quebec City when I visited. Really? Because I was in I was in Quebec. You Doc know? Vegas. Doc, where's Doc Oregon? Doc Vegas. Do they still hold that conference in that awful city? Yeah, that that conference is happening in that awful city as we speak. Yo, fuck Vegas! It's happening right now. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> they can't hear us. They'll Get hear us out. in three weeks, which is too late. <laughs> Do I have to shout louder? You're yes. all whore. No. You're supporting the wrong city. Dot Sorry if you Casa is available. Dot Moda. Casa. Dot House. That's just Casa, but for English. <laughs> no, no. H A U S. God damn it. Dot Asia. Hmm. That's a little, that's a little okay. It's a bit of a reach. See, I never quite understood the dot com dot country extension, like dot com dot AU or dot com dot a. Uh, UK. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's up to the UK. They probably just like their Nick in the like sixties just said, we'll do co.uk or UK gov UK because the Americans get com or gov net. And so we need our own com or gov net and it's this splinter thing. And it sounds like a normal practical idea. Right. But then you have a whole different set of domains, right? right. Like, and then you maybe have the nick for org uk and like i don't know whatever like brexit uk whatever it is have i have um, i told my uh terrible horrible domain registration story of regret on this podcast yet that you registered 100 fucking domains yes you did just say that 5 minutes ago no not that horrible story of regret the other story of regret where uh about 6 years ago i had the opportunity to purchase a domain k.ai 
for the princely sum of $200 for two years. And I decided it was too Fuck expensive. <laughs> and then it was registered by a Foursquare clone. And now it is no longer available for sale because that country is no longer selling one-letter domain names. And I am sad. And I'm even more sad because they discovered Kiwi is a top-level domain and delicious.kiwi is not available. What about scrumptious kiwi or delectable kiwi? Ooh. Nourishing kiwi? Nourishing. I like nourishing kiwi. That'd be perfect for a yoga studio in uh, New Zealand. Or moldy kiwi. Nourishing kiwi is for $28.99. If any of our listeners are debating opening a yoga studio in New Zealand, uh, I highly recommend (laughs) nourishing.kiwi. Oh God, it's funny, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, if anybody has ever I've been listened to New Zealand <laughs> once, they have yoga there. <laughs> if anybody has ever written in and said, "Nick and Kai, I love the show. I just wish you could stay on topic a little more." This is what happens when we go off topic. You've you've been experiencing the good one. We're so sorry. Um. I don't even know what feedback I get. I got a couple bits of praise after the 100, uh, not was 100th, it was, because uh, we're on 69 now, the 52nd episode. Mm-hmm. Um, some people actually wrote in, they were like, thank you so much. And I was like, good, good. Oh, one year More making of that. Like 12 bucks online. That was a good one. 52 was a good one. 52 was a good one, yeah. Yeah, the Thermopen. Ooh. Kai buys a Thermopen. Kai, pff, one of these days. Kai buys 15,000 square feet of rebar. I, um are so excited for the video of me testing the one and a quarter inch rebar this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see if it uh, holds a Kai. That's riveting. Uh, no, it's uh, actually rebar stakes, not riveting. Riveting wouldn't hold it together effectively. Next question. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what's, what's next for Make Money Online? Could we make more money 70. online? 70? Whew, ambitious. I mean, we're probably going to record a 70 unless, like, I don't know, the censors ban us for this one. Oh, I tell you, we've been getting a lot of mail from the censors, and I have been shredding it as fast as I can. Do you know what they say? No, I don't read it first. Uh, I feel that just gives in to their demands. I got a letter from the IRS the other day, actually. This was fun. Um, I'm always scared so- when I get those. Yeah, and the weird thing about the IRS letters is they're because I know they have to be this way. They're very like structured and rigorous. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a letter from the IRS that claims something has gone wrong, that there's a lot of capital letters and a lot of big problems, but like this is usually what happens. Attention! Oh my God, this has happened. If you think that this is okay, you don't need to take any action. Thank you so much for being part of the IRS. And it's like, like five pages long with the yeah. return envelope. Yeah, and and it's and it has like another form in it. And I look at it, and you panic, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute! It's just saying that I did the thing." I I once got it's a like letter d- saying it's like typing I. In a, sorry. Oh no, you you you. It's like typing in LS at like the command line and getting back a five page form letter. (laughs) I I, I got a letter from the IRS once and it was like a big, thick old one. And it was like, you underpaid your quarterly taxes by 17 cents. And I'm like, I don't know what action to take here. (laughs) Here's a check for 17 cents. Yeah. You like talk to your, you talk to your accountant and they're like, or they tell you everything and then they charge you $300 for the privilege. <laughs> this was the worst the 17 cents like I ever just, spent. You just, yeah, you get back 17 cents and then like just for the fact that this like weird haywire thing occurred, you like suddenly charged like, oh my God. Aaron, if you're reading this, um, or reading? listening to this, Aaron is my accountant. I have an accountant, A-A-R-O-N. Not, I'm very confused. If you're listening to this, um, I love you dearly, and I'm okay to pay you money. Like, <laughs> you make me money. Uh, I had a friend yeah, who... I got, uh, I got a letter from the, uh, the IRS that said, um, basically, that my address had changed, and they were, like, shocked. <laughs> and because I had been in the previous address for five years, and they were like, do you have an apartment number on the address? If you have an apartment number, file this form and do this, this, and this. If you don't have an apartment number, take no action. <laughs> At that point, I would just want an apartment number just to file a form, see what happens. Apartment like Q12. Yeah, exactly. Who just says it needs like to start Donna's, with one? 
apartment like poop emoji. <laughs> let's see if the let's see if the IRS can deal with a filing that involves the poop emoji. <laughs> okay, so I legally changed what no, they banned Unicode, I think, from name change requests. I looked into changing my name to involve an emoji once, and there was some reason I couldn't. But I don't think there's anything preventing me from using emoji in my mailing address. So what if like all packages sent to Kai Davis are like Kai Davis, care of Davis Industries, care of string of emojis. And then the, uh, ooh, I like this idea a lot. And then on the mailbox, you write USPS only deliver mail for this plus string of emojis. Return all other mail to sender, no questions asked. And like, like your mom sends you like a, a card for your birthday and they like, they like shred it. I've had multiple conversations with multiple uh, post office employees where like, the instructions or request on my side is very clear. Hi, I open up a lot of businesses or operate under a lot of assumed business names. If any mail is sent to my P.O. box, doesn't matter who it's addressed to, put it inside the P.O. box because it's meant for me. And they're like, we don't understand. And I'm like, any letters you get, put them in here. If it matches the nine, they're like, we still don't understand. And I'm like, just all the mail. Do you want me to write everything? Everything. And they, they're like, okay, here's a sheet. Just write down all of the business names that you might receive mail for. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll do this game. And I wrote literally on the sheet, all addressed mail. And then I handed it back and just stared at them. And they said, great. Thank you so much. And now all my things show up at the P.O. box that I never check. It's wonderful. <laughs> great. Uh, do you know that in, um, in Aust I think it's Australia wide, not just Melbourne, but, um, they have a thing where if you write, like, I don't want junk mail on your mailbox, they have to honor it. Oh, I'm moving. Right? Right? I spend, like, I, like, unsubscribe from two new pieces of junk mail a day. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I did it, like, two hours ago, but, like, yeah, no, that's real. That's, like, it's, like, the do not call registry, but for mail, right? I tell like, you, I, would that the USPS allowed you to do that shit, but then, like, they would lose three quarters of their business. Would you pay $100 a month for that service? A month? Yep. Oof. How much? Uh, here's a, you here's know what? No, because I already paid my assistant to unsubscribe from all the things that I got spammed about because I got a house. Okay, okay, but ignoring the assistant benefit alternate universe there i mean like i i think a month 100 a month is more than it would cost to pay an intern at minimum wage or like 15 an hour to manually go through a bunch of forms and beg people true true how much still, do you think uh, it's still more how much do you think you are worth to the postal service as a recipient of bulk class mail i think extremely much yeah I think that at least in terms of advertising revenue, because think about it, like luxury brands go after people who clearly flag as having a lot of money. True. My address is on the MLS record as selling for a specific amount of money. And so they know that I can afford that. Oof, I never even thought about that, but you're right. It's all publicly available data. So you could just query, like, show me every house in this region that sold for over X hundred thousand dollars in the last time period. Right. And there's your direct mail campaign. And now and you're I mean, like, how, let's segment it against all these other data sources. Right. And if any credit card provider or uh, like loan or like bank has ever or, or credit reporting agency has ever sold your data, like, you know, things like my credit score, you know, the things like I've never had a, you know, payment go late and you know that I'm eligible for or a possessor of a specific type of luxury credit card and all these things, I am I am very much a prize to be won for advertisers because mm -hmm. I have a lot of money and you fucking sell to payers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry I'm providing business value on Make Money Online again, but like, no, I think I'm actually, <laughs> unless... The only thing I'm not valuable to is like crazy, terrible predatory loan agencies and like payday stuff. But like mm -hmm. they're they're looking to take money from you in like a horribly unethical way. But Casper is still looking to sell to you in a horribly ethical way. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I tell you what really grinds my gears. I got a new credit card a couple months ago and I call in and I'm like, auto pay. And they're like, auto pay is already set up, sir. And I'm like, excellent. And then it doesn't auto pay. And I call back in and I'm like, auto pay. And they're like, it takes a month for it to kick in. And I'm like, why was I charged a late they, fee? 
And they were like, they, didn't, they didn't make the payment. And I'm like, I'm very sad right now. You should refund that late fee. And they're like, of course, as a one-time courtesy. I'm like, it shouldn't be a goddamn one-time courtesy. But I was to told. Oh, they always they have, have to say, say that. I, I've gotten to the point where I just start using that language. Whenever I make a request of a customer service, I'll give you two life tips for the listeners here. Uh, whenever I make a request of a customer service agent, either over email or the phone, I will start off by saying, I understand this is not normal, but as a one-time exception, because I am a long-term valued customer, mm-hmm. would you insert ask here? Thing number two, I have a Google Drive document, a spreadsheet. Every time I have a touch with a uh, customer service agent at any company, I log who I spoke with, the company, the time, the phone number I called, the reason for the call, the next action they agreed to, and if I asked for or believed it was necessary to ask for, their employee ID number or what they're able to give me. So if I have to call back in three months and I'm like, that thing never happened, they're like, we got no record of that thing. And I'm like, well, I spoke with James, whose employee number is XYZ123 on this date at this time, who said this, and they're like, let's look into it. Yes, sir, that refund is being processed as we speak. And uh, those two tips. Very, very valuable if you're dealing with a, uh, let's call it a hostile uh, customer service department. Which is all customer service departments. Really is. It really, really is. Oh, I feel bad for customer service agents. I really they do. Have to deal with me. They, oh, God. I'm one of those people, I'm married to a Southerner, and one thing you learn from a Southerner very quickly is how to tell someone to go to hell in a way that makes them look forward to the trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bless their and hearts. And you could can, you can weaponize that. Bless their hearts. <laughs> and you could you could weaponize that against customer service agents real hard, man. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, uh, th- was it you who used this, or someone else? Thermonuclear politeness. Uh, that was Aaron McKean from Wordnick. Ah, yeah. yeah. It's it works. It's powerful. I mean, you just show up and you politely restate the question multiple times, and you just explain that you're very sorry that you don't understand, but you'd really appreciate if you could get some help. And uh, where do we go from here? Continually ask what the next action is. Continually ask what the next step is. Continually ask who you should be speaking to, and get referred in the right direction. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> this is getting too much in um, the direction of actual business value so i think we need to cut it here mm-hmm. we did it 69 booyah um take no prisoners they're inconvenient to feed they really are god bless uh, america thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week